0: The University of Kansas Health System is proud to be the official health care provider of the Kansas City Currents. From youth athletes to the pros, we put player care first to turn their dreams into reality. Learn more at slash KC Currents. Presents the number one motorsport show for over two decades Track Talk, brought to you by Brought Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Here are the Racing Boys, Scott Trailer and Kirk Elliott.
1: Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We have got a heck of a show lined up for you today. We did an interview with uh, Kevin Swindell, um, who is the car owner of the winner of Logan Shuhart, and he is going to join us here in just a little bit, and we... This is a recorded interview that we did on Monday, right, Kurt?
0: Uh, it is. And, uh, of course, that's following the big win at the Chili Bowl with Logan Seedy behind the wheel yep. of the no number doubt. 39.
1: And then we've got uh, Devin Moran
0: on as well. Uh, we spoke with uh, Devin on Monday as well, following uh, a good finish down at Belusia for the opening weekend for the World of Outlaws Late Models. He's going to be a full-time Lucas Oil late model driver this year, but he won the preliminary race on Friday night and finished third on Saturday night to Hudson O'Neill, who's been on a hot streak this year. But Devin Moran, who finished off the season very strong last year and got into the Final Four of the Lucas Hole Late Model Championship and almost won the championship. He was one corner away from winning it when Hudson O'Neill passed him off the final turn for second place. And to get the championship, of course, Brandon Shepard won that race that night. Crazy night at Eldora right. Speedway. Devin Moran was part of that, and he's got his season off to a pretty good start so far.
1: Um, night number one down
0: there at Volusia Sam Haferty picked up the win down there, Kurt? Last, uh Yeah, got sprint cars running now. We had right. late models last weekend and 360 sprint cars this weekend. Right. Pretty good action.
1: And uh, Austin McCarl won last night, right?
0: Yeah, what a finish that was.
1: You know, that late caution, those two cars getting together, the 34 got sideways coming up off of turn four.
0: That brought and, out and the. And the
1: 28 clipped him. And they both ran into the wall down there at the bottom of the straightaway. And uh, I felt like that was all that Sam needed. Didn't you feel like that Sam was going to get around Austin McCarroll? It seemed like,
0: like he had the fastest race car. There's yeah, no, no doubt. doubt about that. He didn't fare well in the redraw at the end of qualifying in the heat races. Because he what, drew a pill, a pill eight. Yeah, and he did everything well in qualifying and in these heat race, just almost as good as Austin McCarroll did. Right. Uh, they What they did was they took the heat winners and the top four, fastest qualifier they split up the qualifying in four and,
1: and did a redraw routes.
0: and so you had eight drivers doing a redraw and austin mccarl picked the number two pill so he starts outside the front row sam and picked, sam haverty eight out of eight no he, he,
1: he picked seven he started seventh kirk ryan tim started
0: eighth last night well, uh, Friday night he started seventh. Last night he started eighth. Oh, okay. You're looking at Friday night's I'm results. I'm looking at Friday night's <laughs> results. He didn't have a good draw on Friday night. Hey, but either there, there, there's a or lot on of... Thursday night he didn't have a good draw on Thursday night either. But there was a lot of good
1: cars down there at uh, yeah. Volusia. Forty-two. Yeah, entered a lot of good cars down there. Ricky Stenhouse is one of them.
0: Yeah. Right. And Danny Dietrich showed up last night, who wasn't there on Thursday night.
1: Were you surprised that uh, um, Double D and Justin Peck showed up down there? Were you a little surprised by that?
0: Yeah. I mean, these are guys that run 410 And Ryan Timms was down there as well. Of course, we've seen Ryan run 360 cars. He won the Jesse Hockett Daniel McMillan Memorial last year. So no surprise that Ryan Timms would show up. In a 360 car, but I am a little bit surprised that you would see somebody like Danny Dietrich, Justin Peck, guys like that uh, show up to run a 360 race. Yeah, because race.
1: They're, they're typically not 4'10". Yeah. They're 4'10 drivers, right? Right. They don't run 360s yeah. very often. And Wayne Johnson was there as well.
0: And no surprise that he would be there.
1: Right, no doubt. So, uh,
0: But anyway, big, uh, big two nights for Austin McCarl, who finished in second place on... Thursday night and then picking up the win last night. But the two guys, McCarl and Hafer just swapping positions the first uh, two nights. And,
1: and I just want to uh, shout out to Landon Crawley, who is going to be our guest on Monday on Mostly Motorsports. He's going to join us at 1220. And um, Landon Crawley ended up running 15th last night. He started 21st ended up running 15th. Uh, but Hey, what do you think about Landon Crawley going out on the World of Outlaw Tour? What do you that's think a about big that?
0: step up for him. Uh, of course, that's the son of Tim Crawley, right? And uh, he was racing 360 cars with the Lucas or the ASCS National Tour, right? Uh, last year, and he gets this ride with Jason Sides. Robbie Price drove that car last year, so Landon Crawley, Robbie will be Price, behind the wheel of the Jason Sides Seven for a full time World of Outlaw run.
1: Robbie Price is out. Landon Crawley is in. Yep. Right.
0: So, uh, I, I would be anxious I, to hear you know, from Landon on Monday. To,
1: for me personally, I thought Robbie Price did a fair job last year.
0: He did. Didn't he win a race up at Husetts earlier this year? Robbie uh, Price. I'm not sure if he yeah, did or not. He ran well up there. Right. Memory serves me. And so I thought he did a good job with uh, Jason Sides and that seven ass car. But we'll see what Landon Crawley does. It's going to be a, a steep hill to climb. Uh, you know, no experience, no more experience than he's got to come in and run a full-time World of Outlaws tour. But uh, he's a young enough guy that uh, he'll learn a lot, I'm sure. And uh,
1: last night, uh, the Super Bowl of racing got rained out with the late models last night, right?
0: Golden Isles Speedway. Right. Where they did get the show in on Thursday night where Hudson O'Neill... Uh, won the feature event, but last night they had the cars out there for hot laps, and I think they got a couple of hot lap sessions in before it started raining, and they waited it out for quite a while before they finally had to pull the plug on it. So that's been canceled. Right. And so tonight they'll come back and go for $25,000 to win on uh, night three, which is, in effect, night two at Golden Isle Speedway, and then they go to... Bubba Raceway Park after that. Hudson
1: O'Neill won that first night. And, and man, but that was a great race between Jonathan Davenport, Brandon Overton, and Ricky Thornton Jr. The, that was a great race between those three, wasn't it? That was great action. The whole
0: night was good. Yeah. I mean, if you watch those heat races, I never I don't can't remember I've seen a better set of heat races than we saw on Thursday night down at Golden Isle Speedway. I yeah. mean, there was some great action going on. Uh that battle between uh, Jonathan Davenport and Brandon Shepard in heat number four was a classic battle with Davenport coming out on top but every one of those six heat races were very entertaining to watch the whole night was uh, great job with the track prep down there and then in the A main Hudson O'Neill holding off Jonathan Davenport Brandon Overton Ricky Thornton Jr. coming from seventh to get into the mix and Brandon Shepard in your top five on Thursday night. So uh, Jimmy, anxious to see how it goes tonight.
1: Jimmy Owens was mixing it up there a little That's bit as well. That's about as
0: well as we've seen Jimmy Owens yeah. run for a while. Yeah, I know it. I haven't seen him run that well. He started third in the a main. He ended up in sixth place. Uh, Jimmy went all of last year without a win in the Lucas Hole late model series. So, Can you believe that? Very surprising. Yeah, no doubt I think about it. it. It's been like 15 years that he had gone straight by winning at least one race on that series. He's a four-time series champion, and uh, I don't know what they've been doing with that race car, but some positive work in the season for the number 20 car for Jimmy Owens. He looked good the other night.
1: Mm-hmm. So, uh, hey, what, what, what do you think about Brian Hobart being the voice of the uh, USAC Winter Games down there? What do you think about that?
0: Well, they don't have a they don't have a USAC announcer yet. I think that's the that's that, that's a good call, you know. And why wouldn't you ask Brian to step in and do those races, voice of the Chili Bowl, right? Uh, so he'll be coming down to Florida to do the uh, Winter Dirt Games and the races in Florida. So good for Brian.
1: Yeah, I'm happy for him. Yeah. You know, I, I, think, I, I think the plans are for him to still work in the ASCS office as well. Yeah. But there, there was a rumor going around that he was going to be the full-time USAC announcer.
0: So you would heard that down at the – you were walking around at the Chili Bowl? I heard that down yeah. there at Chili Bowl. Well, he – I'm surprised that more – I'm surprised that Chet Christner – He's not doing it still, but I guess he didn't want to do it anymore, so maybe, uh, you know, Brian would be a good choice, but that that would be a big loss for the ASCS if that, hey, that occurred. Hey, listen,
1: when it comes to announcing races, Brian Holbert is as good as they get.
0: Yeah, he's great.
1: He's really good at it, right?
0: So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be anxious to hear Brian's call on all the USAC races in Florida.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it.
0: Getting back to that race at uh, Volusia last night, where Sam Haferte he he uh,
1: he barely lost that race.
0: I thought Austin did a great job of staying on the bottom. Staying on the bottom, he was disciplined to stay on the bottom, and he made no mistakes. Austin, and that's a tough place to be when you're out in front like that and you got somebody like Sam uh, getting a run on you. And there was a single-file restart getting a run on you from the Hold outside. On. you, you got to be disciplined to stay. And Austin's a veteran enough driver he knew what to do.
1: Sam could be one of the best 360 sprint car drivers in the country. Yeah. Five-time champion with ASCS National Tour. Um he, he 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 could be the best in the, yeah, his 360
0: in the, program has been solid for a right. decade or more. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time he steps into his 360 environment, he's going to be one of the big players. There's no doubt.
1: Did did you feel like after that caution there at the end, did did you feel like Sam was going to outrun him?
0: Not until that caution command. No, I didn't. I didn't think that uh, he was going to be able to chase Austin down. No, I, that I, no, belt.
1: no. I, I'm telling you, with the caution, did you feel
0: like? Yeah, I thought he had a chance. I thought to get he had around. a chance to win him. Absolutely.
1: But he, he couldn't make it work on the high side. Yeah, it was just a little too long around the outside of the racetrack, and it was just a little too much for him.
0: Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes tonight.
1: But he only lost by half a car length, right?
0: He almost got him. (laughs) He almost got him, yeah. But uh, it just uh, makes you uh, ever more anxious to see what happens tonight because those two guys are going to be the players this evening, I have no doubt.
1: Um, I think Austin McCarl, um, Sam Haferteeth, and Justin Peck are the three fastest cars. What do you think?
0: Uh yeah, I would agree with that, especially you take uh, in consideration of where Justin Peck started last night. I think he started on the fifth row and for him to make the run up through there, yeah, I would I would say Justin Peck would uh, be in the mix, but I don't I don't place him on the same level right now as, as Sam, Sam and Austin.
1: Right, no doubt about those
0: it. Those two those two are the big players.
1: Right. I, I I just feel that Sam is the more dominating driver because look at him. He started eighth last night, yeah. and he worked his way all the way up to second place and nearly won the race on top of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, that re- that redraw. So maybe Sam ought to get somebody else to draw for him, right? Because he picked the number seven on Thursday night and, and number, number eight, eight last night. Right. No doubt. Sam, if if I have any suggestion for you, get somebody, somebody else, else to, to pick the pill the the redraw. Right. No doubt. So, we got twenty four hours of Daytona this weekend. That race is going to be starting at what nine o'clock central time today. NBC platforms, you can watch all of that. This is one of the uh, races that I really enjoy watching, Scott. I'm not a big endurance fan, sports car fan, but 24 hours of Daytona, I enjoy following that throughout the 24 hours. And it's going to get done about the time they kick off for the Chiefs tomorrow, so maybe the timing was pretty good for that, so.
1: I cannot wait for the Chiefs game tomorrow.
0: They play first tomorrow, don't they?
1: Yeah, they do. Two o'clock. They're going to get it done. Um, it it's going to be be hard. It's going to be be hard. It's going to be a tough game, no doubt about it. No Chiefs,
0: yeah. So,
1: yeah, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna be pulling for them. Oh, absolutely, yeah,
0: absolutely. We're all Chiefs fans here, right? Uh, I'm not sure how many hey, no, are hold tuned on, in oh, oh, that are Baltimore on. Ravens
1: fans. but You you are a little bit more of a Brock Purdy fan because he played for Iowa State, right? Well,
0: I'm a big Chiefs fan, mm-hmm. but I'm also a 49ers fan because of Brock Purdy at quarterback. Yeah. Right. But, you, you know, if they, if they play each other in the Super Bowl, that's a pretty tough Dilemma for me, it'd be kind of like when the Royals played the Cardinals in the World Series back in '85. You, you know, know, I was a fan it, of both teams. It, you so. know what? I hope both of them get there. That's that's my hope. What what's really
1: amazing to me is how most people are not giving the Chiefs a chance to win this game.
0: Well, I think you always got to give the Chiefs the chance. When you got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, a two-time MVP in the Super Bowl, and Andy Reid on the sidelines, you can't cap the Kansas City Chiefs out. But listen, all the national media. They're picking Baltimore. They're all picking yeah. Baltimore. And why wouldn't they? I mean, they're right. they're at home. So the Chiefs coming in as an underdog, I don't think that's such a bad thing if you're a Chiefs fan, to be the underdog.
1: No, I, I, I don't think it is either because they thrive on that a little bit, Yeah, right?
0: So I can't wait to watch it.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Kirk, what what else we got going on in motorsports right now?
0: Well, we're just uh, kind of in between the big, the big story. We had the Chili Bowl last week, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago. And uh, now we're just kind of in that in-between before things really start kicking off in Florida. Uh, we've already started at uh, Volusia Speedway Park, but things really get ramped up here in about another week uh, with all the dirt racing going on down there. So excited about that. The... Uh, the battle between the High Limit Series and the World of Outlaws is going to start off here in the next couple of weeks with the High Limit Series uh, rolling off before the... Uh, no, it's the World of Outlaws rolling off before the High Limit Series. And so uh, we'll see how that plays hey, out.
1: Hey, Hudson O'Neill is already won with the World of Outlaws. And in late
0: models we're talking. I'm talking about sprint cars.
1: Oh, okay. But... Hudson O'Neill's already won with the uh, World of Outlaws and the Lucas Oil late model series. Yeah,
0: and he's going to be a full-time Lucas Oil late model driver right. in 2024. So, mm-hmm. uh, But getting back to the Sprint cars, this battle between the high limit and the World of Outlaws is about ready to get started. And I think we've got the rosters pretty well set. James McFadden has been announced as a full-time high limit driver. For 2024, for Roth Motorsports, and they're going to do that? like shark racing and split their teams. Uh, shark racing, Logan Stewart with World of Outlaws, and Jacob Allen with the High Limit. Roth Motorsports can do the same thing with Buddy Copoy, World of Outlaws, James McFadden, who won seven races in the World of Outlaws last year, will be a right. full-time High Limit driver. So now they've got 17 full-time High Limit drivers for 2024, and a dozen World of Outlaw. Uh, drivers signed up and ready to go. So the battle is about ready to commence.
1: Who do you think is going to win the championship with the World of Outlaws this year? Is it going to well, be. Well, we know it's
0: not going to be Brad Sweet.
1: <laughs> are, are the odds on favorite for to be David Gravel? Either David
0: think... Gravel or Carson Macedo would yeah. have to be your two big favorites. Right, no doubt. And about it. you could throw Logan Schuart into the mix. Although Logan, who won that million-dollar race at Eldora last year, which was not a World of Outlaws-sanctioned race, uh, was not as consistent in the back half of the year than maybe was the first half. But I think if you pick a favorite in the World of Outlaws, you'd have to go with either David Gravel or Carson Macedo.
1: Do you think Donnie Schatz has a chance to win a championship?
0: Well, yeah, 10 time champion in no the world of outlaws. And he did win a race toward the end of last year at Lakeside Speedway. Right. So he can still win a race. It's just getting that consistency with that Ford power uh, that's the big issue with uh, Donnie Shots right now. But he, yeah, yeah, you got to throw him into the mix because he's done it before. He,
1: he had four wins last year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, He's produced championships before, so yeah, you got to throw Donnie into the mix.
1: The problem is, is he was five hundred and sixty-two points out of the lead. Yeah,
0: well, he just didn't have that consistency, right? That you got to have. But here is a guy that knows how to run on consistency. Right. But I think this Ford engine has not produced the kind of consistent power right. that you really need to win championships. At least, not yet. But you know that the way he ended the season on a high note, on a high note, right. that he's uh, going into the off season and coming into the new season feeling confident with high hopes that uh, he can get it done.
1: No doubt about it. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in to Track Talk. It's all brought to you by in Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. When we come back, we're going to play it half of an interview that we're we're going to play one half. The first hour and the second half, the second hour, and it's all going to be right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. We'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned for more right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB.
2: Hey, this is Larry the Cable Guy, and you're listening to the Racing Boys. And if you ain't listening to them, you get out of the country because you're a communist. I love the Racing Boys. Like Mater says, they made me happier here in the tornado in the trailer park. You know, the funny thing about that is, the Larry voice and the Mater voice are exactly the same. Get her done!
1: Here on Sports Radio 810, it's all brought to you by Rod Supply, featuring the Powereye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Kirk, we had a chance to talk to Kevin Swindell.
0: Yeah, and Kevin Swindell, who is a four-time Chili Bowl champion from 2010 through 2013. And a two-time car owner. Right. Champion. A uh, very unfortunate accident that ended his driving career in 2015 at the Knoxville Nationals, but uh, they didn't call him the bulldog for nothing. Persistency is what Kevin Swindell is all about, and he's come back as a big time car owner at the Chili Bowl. Now, two straight Chili Bowl championships as a team owner with Logan Seavey behind the wheel. And on Monday, we spoke with uh, Kevin Swindell. And here is part one. We'll play part two of our conversation at hour two, but here's part one of our Monday Mostly Motorsports visit with Kevin Swindell.
1: Joining us now on the show is a four-time winner, four in a row. Kevin Swindell joins us now. Kevin, congratulations on your Chili Bowl win, bud. Yeah. Oh, thank you, guys. Hey, um... That was a pretty dominating performance. You led all 55 laps. Was there, at any point, did you feel like that uh, Buddy Kofoid had anything for uh, Logan?
3: Uh, I don't think I was ever completely comfortable, you know, the whole race. I, I think it was, you know, he, he kept him, you know, fairly honest the whole time. I, I think, you know, the, the screen and some things in that place you know allow you to kind of control or race a little more than you would at other places you know even with them moving it now and uh, you know Logan does a good job of that but you know I think that that car strong suit too has, has been you know what how good we're able to get off a corner a lot of the time kind of when he needs it or when he needs to make that little bit extra to get away or make up for a mistake or this or that it, it's kind of you know, been able to bail him out with his foot a lot, uh, you know, where some of those guys seem to get stuck, so. Right. Um, you know, felt comfortable with, with a lot of that, you know, and, and what he was able to do, and especially after Friday from, you know, digging from seventh there, um, you know, I, I felt like we were kind of, uh, it was up to us whether we, uh, we beat ourselves or not for the most part.
1: You know, the track rubbered up about lap 30, and we've had this debate on the air before, um, do you feel like that maybe they should cut it back from uh, 55 laps to, to 30 laps. Do you?
3: What's your feelings on that? No, I, I think, I mean, if anything, you know, I think the rubber is, is a pretty clear pattern the last two years of, right. you know, it, it's wore out by the end of Friday, basically, where we get the last, you know, 10, five laps of Friday, it seems like, tries to do it or does lay rubber. And then, you know, Saturday, it's like they just never really get caught up. And then um, I think this year would have been fine. I, I think they just kind of took a shot at having a certain racetrack. And, um, you know, I think they tried to clean that bottom up and not till it and and make sure that we didn't run in single file around the bottom for the first, you know, 20 laps. But uh, it just it moved us up too quick and then moved us down quicker than than we should have.
1: Yeah, Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think they should do a halfway break during the race or or, or nothing like Knoxville? What do you feel about that?
3: No, I I don't think the laps or any of that is is a problem with it. I I literally just, you know, I think those poor guys are just fatigued by the time it gets to that point of, you know, that two- or three-day stretch. I mean, heck I was, like, I wouldn't even – I was wore out Saturday trying to get in there at, you know, 10 or 11 a.m. I can't imagine trying to do the racetrack, you know, after and before and then show up and, and be there ready gearing. Um, you know, and I'm sure motivation isn't always the highest for those first few races to to be up that early until in a racetrack and right.
0: stuff. I mean, those guys really work hard all week long. I mean, you got to hand it to them. The, the amount of effort that it takes, there's just not an event like this one, with, uh, what, seven days in a row, including Sunday's practice, and then all day Saturday. to
1: The track is completely wore out. With the right. racetrack, yeah. that,
0: that's a pretty monumental effort that's uh, unprecedented anywhere else, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and the thing we've noticed the last, I think, two years on, on like, Saturday, and it even kind of happens at shootout, I think they just get it turned back over before Chili Bowl, well, is it, it always seems to, like, get flat on the top and the bottom kind of gets a little bit of bank almost to the, the middle of the corner. So it, I think that kind of invites cars down there later in the week too, to where it starts to just trend, you know, that way. And then it's easier to lay rubber when the banking kind of holds you down there. You don't have to be so particular about, you know, getting your tires to brown dirt on the berm and, and, you know, then it just cleans up and, and that's the issue you have. So. I don't think there's any like major issue that we need to like alter anything i I think they've just they've gone through a stage of where they're like they take it really personally if they get it wrong or right, you know I, I think they used to just yell at us and tell us we get what we get and now they right. they really care in a way and I, I think so now they're they're trying to get it right and you know you only get one shot at it. there's really no way to to test it for fifty five laps and when all the cars are all gonna run the one fast lane. You know, I think that's the difference too. Is the cars get spread out differently on prelim nights than they do on Saturday? Like that's a, it's a very different group of cars to get to race side by side when they're all that good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean the competition level is just so incredible. Uh, Logan Seavey, uh this driver is really as good as there is in the country right now, isn't it, Kevin? I mean the confidence this guy has is just off the charts right now, and. He's not an overnight sensation either, but he's got it going on right now. Yeah, What what can you pinpoint about what Logan has done? It all started when he won the Chili Bowl a year ago and the season that he had with Abacus throughout all of 2023 and carrying that over to now. I feel like it started with your victory a year
3: ago. Yeah. No, I I mean, you look back, you know, 12 months and a few weeks, and, um, you know, he was – coming in there with you know really no confidence and no real good anything all year for the most part except for you know a couple sprint car races here and there and and i think some silver crown stuff but uh yeah the midget season was was rough and he bounced around but i mean the kid won you know championships going away you know years ago and i i don't you know, I think you watch some of these guys, and you can see a point where, like, maybe they fall off because they hit their head, and you know they don't want to hit their head again. Or right. know, there's different things that come into play. But I, I don't think any of that stuff changed. I think he just he went through a phase where he had some bad cars. He questioned if he was the reason cars were slow. I mean, we've all been there. And I, I think we got to the Chili Bowl last year, and I think I, me having some confidence in you know helped and kind of just reminding him you know that it's I don't think so much it's it's him it's just you know the situations that you're in some of the time and um you know even left there Saturday last year trying to remind him to like hey I don't know what your you know the rest of the year is going to be I like this went perfectly but it doesn't mean that the rest of it will so you know just kind of you know stay with your own confidence because I, I i thought he's had it since, you know, watching him race at Cycle Land and Outlaw Carts and stuff. Like there was no doubt that there wasn't something there. It's just a matter of, of getting him in the right situation. So you know, it's really proud to put guys like that in spots to to boost a career, whether, you know, it was me that had any real bearing on, you know, what he did the rest of the year or not. But yeah. it's uh it's cool to be a part of. Hey, so what are you gonna do with your sprint card this year? I don't know. I, you know, last year obviously, like you know, we were able to pick Sanders out of kind of nowhere for a year ago and and found something, and then he got some other deals and this and that, and it's just tough to find a guy that can can do the job, and um, you know, we're to a point if I don't have a you know a corporate sponsor or something with you know stuff, I have to basically guarantee like if I can't find the right guy that you know, I enjoy to go to the races with that I think can do the job. Then I just, I, I don't really want to, want to go. So it's right. Um, kind of just finding that balance right now. I think stuff's just expensive. It's only fun. If you win, it only even pays you back any money. If you win, I mean, even 10 grand doesn't really cover the cost of the sprint car race by the time you pay your uh, you know, your driver half of that or whatever it is. So no doubt, um, yeah, it all just comes down to sponsor stuff a lot of the time. And, um, trying to have fun with this all I, I i think there's some ways that we probably could do more it just i just don't know if you know we'd enjoy it as much and i think doing it the way we've done like the midget the last couple of years just proves you know i think if you do everything correctly it doesn't matter how many times you go to the racetrack that the, that part will take care of itself if you got the right guy in the seat and right you know everybody's got a little confidence
1: Just so you know, we're going to play the second half of that interview in hour number two. And um, I know that people can't listen on Sports Radio 810 WHB, but we're on our Facebook page, and we're on RacingBoys.com as well. And YouTube. And YouTube.
0: Yeah, it's definitely worth listening to part two of Kevin hey, Swindell. What a fascinating hey, interview this was.
1: Hey, listen, when, when one of the Swindells, either Sammy – or Kevin speak you listen right
0: yeah especially when it comes to the chili bowl
1: yeah no doubt about it
0: between those two 9, Nine chili bowl wins yeah so uh yeah if they, if they got some comments about the chili bowl which i think his uh, commentary about the track is probably the best we've heard and uh you know it it was it is what it is Those guys work right. hard to get that track prepped every day and that long day on Saturday, that that has an impact. Uh, uh, but,
1: listen, Sammy's 68 years old. Yeah, still doing it. A- still driving a, a midget and a, and a sprint car. Raced in every Chili Bowl. Yeah.
0: Been to every one. Been
1: to every one of them, right? No doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going to play an interview that we did with Devin Moran as well. So, when we come back, more of Track Talk right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply featuring the Power High Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be back with more right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back. It's Track Talk here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Don't forget, hour number two on our Facebook, YouTube, and RacingBoys.com, so if you want to watch our number two, Kirk, we had a chance to talk
0: to Devin Moran. Devin Moran was one turn away from winning the Lucas Oil Late Model Championship last year after he slipped in the back door late in the season on that final four, made it in, had the lead or second place behind Brandon Shepard that would have secured him the championship, but... Only one thing happened. Hudson O'Neill got around him. Right. And Devin Moran ended up the season on a strong note. He started off the season strong with a win and a third-place finish at Volusia last weekend. And we spoke with Devin on Monday's Mostly Motorsports show, and here's a portion of that conversation. You you you
1: picked up the points title down there at Volusia. Talk about that a little bit.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, you know, uh, just for some reason, myself and Volusia, we, we have a, a pretty good little chemistry deal going on there. You know, we we've been down there. I've been there. I don't know how many trips now, and just seems like the last two or three years, I, I've really found my niche at that track, and uh, uh, my Longhorn chassis has been running great at that place, and and we just kept it up this year, so. Uh, is a heck of a way to start the year and uh, makes me super, super excited to go back for the, the Dirt Car Nationals there in the middle of February.
1: It, it seems like Longhorn is kind of starting to take over in the late model series a little bit. Is that, is that kind of true a
2: little bit? Yeah, I mean, down there the first night, I think 11 out of the first 13 cars were all Longhorns, and uh, that, that's all because of, of how hard everyone, Steve Arpin, Matt Langston, um, everyone at Longhorn Chassis works, you know. They, they've they been pretty good. They've got guys like Tim McCready and, and Johnson Davenport and, and uh, other people that, that's been on top of the, the game for a long time. But but that doesn't stop them from working, you know. They're always trying to develop and do different things. And uh, I've been in those cars for five years now, and obviously Bobby Pierce, Brandon Shepard, some of the best drivers in the country are in them cars now. And, uh, yeah, it's just a kudos to how hard them guys work and, and giving us a great – great piece of equipment that that we can tune on and adjust around ourselves and and make it go fast.
0: Uh this weekend you won on Friday night, uh, Saturday <laughs> night you're battling with Hudson for the lead. Uh there just uh talk about between the two nights how you ran on Friday night versus coming back on Saturday night finishing third.
2: Yeah, um I mean obviously the track was was quite a bit different from Friday to Saturday. I was a little more elbows up on Friday night and my car was really good right through the middle of the racetrack all weekend. And, and on Friday there was enough grip there that, that I could rip it right around there and, and I could make good time. And, and on Saturday, I felt like I had a, I'll, I might've had the best car on Saturday as well. Just kind of, kind of things didn't play in my favor on Saturday. Uh, the way the lap cars and stuff were, I just, I mistimed it a little bit and did a couple things a little bit wrong and, and Hudson, Hudson did it right that night. So, uh, he did a good job, but all in all, I felt like we had a great race car all weekend. Um, my crew's been working their butt off and uh, providing me with, with what I need to to put myself in position to win races, you know.
0: You came within one turn of winning the Lucas Oil Championship, that crazy race at Eldora Speedway, the Dirt Track World Championship. You had the lead there. You almost got the win of the championship when you slipped in that final four there. uh, The race, uh, what, a couple of weeks before that, just getting into the final four, but you almost walked out of there with the title. Uh, Just uh, what did that feel like at the end of that race? That was a crazy night at Eldora.
2: Yeah, it was uh, definitely a lot of emotions that last couple weeks. You know, we were were six in points going into – going into the final week before the final four, and uh, I just I felt like we were getting better and better as the year went on, and uh, we did everything right, and just unfortunately a couple things happened to Brandon that, that he he had failures and then it, then it finished, and, and it just propelled us into the final four, and then uh, obviously Eldora was kind of a – not the best circumstances, I guess, for, for racing, but uh, we just tried, tried playing that weekend as smart as possible and as strategic as possible, and yeah – it almost paid off. It was—it's a bittersweet deal because we could have been 16 points, uh, but we were so close to winning. At the same time, it—it uh, just makes us hungrier. You know, we—we we were so close. we were, like you said, the last corner and just missed it a little bit. So it just—just just makes me and myself and my guys work harder and makes—makes uh, makes us want to get that championship this year that much more.
1: You know, late model racing seems like it's more competitive now than it's ever been. You got Hudson O'Neill, Ricky Thornton Jr., Jonathan Davenport, Tim McCready, Brandon Overton. There, there's so many good late model drivers out there. It, it makes it really challenging for you as a driver to, to try to outrun those guys, doesn't it?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, them are just a few of the guys. I mean, you got Shepard and, and Bobby Pierce, and there's there's so many guys out there that that are so good at what they do um and and when the <clears throat> all the series are racing individually it's not bad because it kind of splits us up but like down here in speed weeks at volusia and places everybody's racing together and it's it's really hard to win them races so uh yeah it's it's, it's full on grind mode do what you gotta do to to be prepared and ready to go and uh hopefully it's just your night
0: Yep. Talk about a grind. You open things up this week at Golden Isle Speedway, and then you're going to Bubba, All Tech, East Bay Raceway Park. This is a pretty heavy stretch of racing you got coming up. How do you handle the grind?
1: How many races is that in a row, Kirk? Uh well,
0: You've got about 13 nights and 16 nights or something like that.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how many it is in a row, but I know from, like, the start of Brunswick, to the end of the second round of volusia it's like 20 21 or 23 races in about 25 nights so it gets it gets pretty hectic but i mean this is what we get paid to do and we love doing what we what we get paid to do so it, it's just uh you have to have people that that are willing to work hard and love the sport and love what they do me and my guys all all exceed all of that so uh it's not bad, especially when you are running good. It makes it a lot of fun, but uh, when you are struggling, it can definitely get tough at times. You just gotta, you just gotta keep positive and, and keep working hard, and hopefully, at some point, you figure it out. So, you gotta, you yeah, got, you I got. Mean, I don't know. This is my favorite time of the year. I love these tracks. It's always good racing, and and yeah, it's it's the summer nationals, the winter summer nationals in Florida for the year, I guess.
1: You, you just gotta stay positive during the whole season, really. You gotta stay in the right frame of mind, don't you?
2: Uh, yeah and it's uh it's not easy especially when you're running either the word of Owl Al- laws or the lucas or tour going up and down the road racing the best of the best every night um going to tracks that you sometimes struggle at it. it's it's really hard to keep a positive mindset but, but like you said if you do um that's that's the best thing for you and you just keep keep going at it keep working at it keep attacking the things you need to attack and uh Eventually, it might not happen this year, but eventually you overcome those obstacles, and uh, it's very gratifying once you do.
0: How different do you prepare for these early races in Florida compared to the rest of the season?
2: Um, so, really, we prepare the exact same. Um, it's just we have a lot shorter time to do it. Instead of giving us all week to where we wash and, and do this and that, if we race night after night, we just don't wash. We we take Everything, all of the suspension and stuff off the car, go through everything, make sure everything's right, and then put it back on. Uh, but, like, when we've got a couple off days, we've got a bunch of good people down here in Florida, friends and family and everything else. and uh, We'll sneak over to their place, uh, wash everything up at their shop, get everything ready to go, and just, just hammer back at it again, you know. Yeah. Were you a little
1: disappointed with only two wins last year?
2: Well, I mean um having the having the two evolution and we had a couple more throughout the year but um yeah same thing it's it's hard to win races when you're when you're racing against the best of the best every night no doubt um you you always you want to win every night no matter what so so only having five wins isn't exactly what we wanted um but the first year with roger sellers and double down better sports um that 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 kind of stuff just happens and uh we're learning every day we race and uh Hopefully we double or triple that this year.
0: That show me 100 win down at Wheatland. That was an unusual night, wasn't it?
2: Uh, Yeah, that was definitely uh, a crazy, weird, all different kinds of motions were going on. But uh, at the end of the day, we got the money and, and went home happy. So it, it's hard not to complain about that, right?
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Devin, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Can't thank you enough for doing so. Good luck to you this year, and we hope that you'll get probably somewhere around 10 wins this year.
2: Yeah, let's hope so. You know, I'd like to uh, like to come out of Speed Weeks with a couple more, so hopefully we can uh, have a really strong showing at all the Lucas races and, and just go from there. And I uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, just want to thank all my my great sponsors, uh, CMW Trucking, uh, lazy Days, Big River Steel, obviously Roger Sellers and Double Down Motorsports, uh, Longhorn Shasky and Billside Shock. I have so many great partners and friends and everything that that help us do this. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can make some noise this summer.
0: Kevin Moran, who, uh, you know, at Wheatland at the Lucas Hole Speedway last year at the Show Me 100, he was handed the win. After apparent race winner Ricky Thornton Jr. was disqualified for failing the droop check. But yeah. Ricky had something break on the car, too, that cost hey, him that. Hey, and he was in the right
1: place at the right time. Kirk, did you notice the body on that race car?
0: I did. We were watching the video here on the right. big screen as we were watching it's that. It's all uh, pulled
1: in right up to the front yeah.
0: wheel. Kind yeah. of takes you back to the days of NASCAR's Twisted Sisters.
1: Yeah, back in the day.
0: They you know, manipulate the front end for aerodynamics and so forth. Right. Uh, I'm sure he's not the only one doing that. I, I, I want to give a shout-out
1: to uh, Ralph Palmer, just checked in from uh, Lakeside Speedway. Uh, he's the general manager out there. They're will. they going to have six cars at the World of Wheels show this weekend down there, and uh, they're going to have a booth down there as well, so... Get down there, check out Lakeside Speedway, Martel Hall. Right, it's next
0: weekend, is what it says. It's isn't? next weekend. Yeah. Next weekend. Yes, sir. next weekend, so, which is good for everybody in Kansas City.
3: So, right, a lot of stuff. It's
0: going to be a little bit warmer, and not a
2: Chiefs game on during the day. Right. So yeah, that's no the doubt.
0: weekend to have the World of Wheels. That's so, right. but it'd be February third, fourth, fifth weekend, weekend. Or around that. Yeah, three minutes. You want to do that second, third, and fourth. Yep. the dates for the World of There Williams. you go. There. Right, no doubt about yeah. it. Uh, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, uh, been doing a lot of work on the... Uh, Hall of Fame. Getting it getting all spruced up and ready to go for 2024. And uh, they've got a couple of big sweepstakes that we want to tell you about. Uh, the first one is the Corvette that they're going to be giving away in August, exactly the week after the Knoxville Nationals are going to be having the drawing for the Torch Red Corvette. It's the Z06 Corvette convertible with the Z07 performance package and $25,000 to the grand prize winner. And you can get signed up for that at winaz06corvette.com. And of course, all the proceeds go toward the betterment of the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum and the other sweepstakes they've got going on up there. Is the fully race-ready sprint car that they're going to be giving away in December this year? It's a new Triple X chassis with an Al Parker Racing 410 cubic inch engine. Race-ready sprint car, and December they'll be having that drawing. Get signed up for that if you want to win a sprint car. Go to winasprintcar.com and get signed up uh, for those sweepstakes and. Uh, they're gonna have a lot of great things going on at the Hall of Fame up in Knoxville this year, and we'll continue to talk about Kirk, it every week here on Track
1: talk. Which car would you rather have, the Corvette or the Sprint car? Give me the Corvette. You take because, the Corvette. Yeah, yeah they're gonna give you twenty-five thousand dollars on top of no, that I to think pay it's the taxes as well. I think
0: it's more than that this year. I think it's Kirk Red. I think he said a hundred. No, no, there no, no, you are, twenty-five thousand or a hundred thousand dollar buyout if you don't want the Corvette. That's it. Right. So you can take the hundred grand. I would take the Corvette. Yeah, I know you say that, but I might take the hundred grand, and <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm going to take the hundred. Yeah, that's a new feature this year: the grand prize cash option increased to one hundred thousand dollars. You're right about that, Todd. So wow. That's uh, a, lot of, that's a, my that's a lot of cash. That's a lot of <laughs> cash. Right. Yeah. Like, no that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, no doubt about so it. So anyway, get, get signed up for that. And uh, National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Great job that Bob Baker and all his team do up there.
1: All right. Um, uh, hour number two, we are going to be on Facebook, YouTube, and RacingBoys.com. We're going to play a second half of that Kevin Swindell interview. In hour number two,
0: right, Kurt? Absolutely, and of course we're going to be talking about a lot of other things that's going on in the world of uh, motorsports. Uh, racing really doesn't have an off season. There's just a lot of things that go on. Uh, we're a couple of weeks away from NASCAR, actually just a week away from NASCAR racing in the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum for the third straight year. That's a week from tomorrow, so. NASCAR just about ready to get. I'm jonesing a little
1: bit. I'm not going to Florida this year. I'm I'm kind of having a little bit of withdrawals from that. Well, just so you know,
0: something tells me that that could change. That 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 might might end up down there after
1: (laughs) all. I might end up down there after all. All right.
0: Okay. Thanks everybody for tuning in to Track Talk
1: here on Sports Radio 18 WHB. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply, feature the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Want to thank Kevin Swindell and Devin Moran for joining us here on on Track Talk. We'll see you next week right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. It's all been brought to you by Rod In Supply feature, the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll see you next week.